Call is now being recorded. <laughs> We're on express elevator to hell. Going down. Two. One. Mark. So, welcome to the 10 Minutes from Hell podcast. I'm Steve, and this is my brother, Doug. Doug. <laughs> I don't know why I have to wait for that. I should just say your yeah. name. That'd be easier. And my brother, Doug. I should just say that. Why do I have to wait for your voice? Um, well, because then people know who I am. Because there's only, two, well, there's only two of us on here. So, if, if it's not you talking, then it's me. And sometimes it's hard to tell the difference because we do sound very, very similar. Um, we could like, probably start like uh, uh, imitating each other, and I don't think anybody would have any idea that we were. Like right now, yeah. this is this is Doug, and right now this is Steve. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's the title. But doesn't matter. Were you Nobody fooled cares. by that item? <laughs> do they care? Um, so, uh, so here we are, episode 17, um, I put some thought into the title today because, uh, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be called, uh, it is a good title. It's called Bond, but not forgotten, um, uh, because of our loss of Sir Roger Moore, uh, this mm-hmm. week, total bummer, um, James Bond, you know, is a big part of a lot of people's lives. I mean, he's span generations because like our parents they were into the Sean Connery bond and then Roger Moore came and he was our bond and then um, I'm speaking like Generation X um, I think you count kind of at the tail end of that so you were probably Timothy Dalton or Pierce Brosnan yeah Pierce Brosnan Pierce Brosnan was, was he was the bond when I was old enough to see it James Bond movie in the theater and know what was happening. Right. So I, I, I mean, I vividly remember, uh, oh my gosh, I forgot what it's called. Gold and I, oh, I was going to say gold finger, but that was Sean Connery. Yeah. Um, Sean Connery. Yeah. Gold, gold. was the, that's really the first like James Bond movie. I remember seeing like as a person that remembers movies. I yeah. think I had seen, um, one of the Timothy Dalton ones on TV or something. It didn't really make an impact, but yeah. Right. Well, you know, I, mean, I grew up with, you know, the, the Sean Connery movies. I was a little bit too young for them. Um, but, uh, our older brother, Jeff, he was, he was into those and we'd watch him on TV and he was into the cars and everything. Cause that's, that was his thing. Um, I wasn't really into the cars, but I was into the, I was into the gadgets. And, uh, of course there's, all kinds of pretty ladies, um, which is always, you know, kind of exciting, you know, for a young, young kid. Um, so, and, and I think the, the, the allure of the James Bond movies as a kid was that you always felt like you might be doing something kind of wrong. Like maybe I shouldn't <laughs> be watching this. Like this might be, I mean, he kills people in kind of brutal ways and things, you know, and, and, uh, and, and then there's the scantily clad women and just the kind of seductive, you know, music and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, but it always has made you feel like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not supposed to be here, which made it even more exciting. <laughs> you know, that like I'm, uh, I'm being allowed to see this. Um, yeah, but then it had a little bit of an edge. Yeah. Yeah. And besides that though, there was nobody cooler in the world. Like, I mean, like there was no other person that you could think of that could be this cool and have the coolest gadgets and have, you know, the greatest lines and, and, uh, you know, could fight and could, you know, fly planes and drive cars and all that. It was just, it was very, very exciting, uh, for a kid in the sixties, James Bond, uh, you know, the Sean Connery stuff, he's very, very dry and, and, and I didn't really like him that much. It wasn't until I saw a Roger Moore, James Bond. I mean, I liked James Bond, but it wasn't like, 
I really didn't really tune into him. Um, but then when I saw like the Roger Moore James Bond, like the first one, uh, Live and Let Die, and he had like a sense of humor. Like he was he was funny and he you know and he just he just had a different thing about him that I really keyed into and I just really enjoyed that whole like tongue in cheek and you know the one liners and, and all that kind of stuff. And he just always looked like he was having fun. Like and that was that was the difference between Roger Moore and Sean Connery is that is that Roger Moore always looked like he was having a good time, you know, as James Bond. Um yeah. and of course the, as the series went on it got, you know, a little sillier, you know, by the time we get to, like, you know, Moonraker, you know, it's like, you know, he's in space, but that was because Star Wars was big, so they made a James Bond in space. That's my only real memory of the Roger Moore stuff, is I, I actually, I'm ashamed to say that, I don't think I've ever watched any of them all the way through. I remember you had a book or a comic or something, it was like something from Moonraker, and as oh a, yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, as a as a little little kid, I was like, "Wow, this is the coolest thing!" Like, I'm really interested in what this is, but I, ne- I never even saw the movie. Jaws was the guy that that stood out to me. Yeah, I was like, "Who's this guy? This guy looks awesome." And he was and he was a great supervillain. You know, he was a great like henchman. You know, he was in. They had him first in Spy Who Loved Me, and then they brought him back for Moonraker. Oh, okay. um, and he was much more brutal the first time, like in Spy Who Loved Me. Then they kind of softened him uh, in uh, Moonraker. But he became a fan yeah. favorite. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but he was only in those two. Um, but then uh, I think I think my favorite Roger Moore one, well, I really liked Man with the Golden Gun just because Christopher Lee and uh, mm. uh, Hervé Villages, uh tattoo he uh knickknack <laughs> knickknack is his is his name he's awesome as the little henchman um which thinking about that now christopher lee and hervey villages i wonder if they actually thought of christopher lee as mr rourke but like, i wonder after that movie cuz he kind of oh. looks like mr rourke a little bit and then you get tattoo um, I wonder if that was ever a thought after that movie because now I'm thinking about it because when that movie came out in the 70s um, Fancy Island came out after that I wonder if they approached Christopher Lee and were like you know we was this TV show and he was like oh no fuck that I'm not doing that um, but, <laughs> and, but, but I don't know maybe he wasn't maybe Ricardo Montalban was thought of as the man with the golden gun first that's possible too I don't know. Yeah. Um, huh. it's interesting because it de- it definitely has uh, some similarities there. Um, so I never really thought about that, but um, but I really like that one. And then they have like the House of Mirrors. That's a really great gag at the end. Is that the? I mean, he has it through the whole movie, but that's like his way of like confounding like people who are trying to assassinate him. And they have, is like, that the man you know, the, the golden gun? Yeah, man with the golden gun. And so of course I have to go back and watch all these. Yeah, because, I mean, inevitably, at the end, of course, James Bond and him face off in the House of Mirrors, and, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, shooting the glass, and the, you think it's him, and it's like, ah, ha, 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 it's not him. Um, <laughs> and, and, and Tattoo, uh, Tattoo is knick-knack, is like, on a, like a voice PA kind of thing, and he's like, oh, no, Mr. Bond, you're in trouble, you know, like, he's like, he's like taunting him the whole time. I can't do a good Irving. <laughs> but um, but it sounds just like tattoo. You know, hey, bad, bad, look out. You know, it's like, oh, now you're in trouble. That hurts my voice to do that, actually. <laughs> I can't do that anymore. Um, so uh, that, that hit an octave that actually hurt me. Um, so that's the legacy. The sacrifices of, you make. That's the legacy of Hervé Villachez. Anybody tries to imitate his voice, they go into a hacking fit. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a good one. And then I think my favorite, though, probably is Octopussy. Because um, that's a really cool... Uh, it's just, that was a really cool uh, setup. Like, uh, this traveling circus that's, you know, connected with the uh, Russian... Um, 
KGB and, and stuff, and, and uh, it's really cool because, like, Bond has to, like, uh, act like uh, one of the circus acts and everything, and so it's, like, it's pretty neat. I, I, I like that one. That's a good one. Hmm. Um, plus, there's some really cool uh, action sequences and stuff in it, and he wasn't too old yet. Um, it was after that that he did uh, A View to a Kill, which was arguably probably one of the worst ones. Yeah. And mostly because he was just a little bit too old. He was like 57 when he did it. And he looks older than 57. Like it just, you see the stuntman more and more. You know, like you can definitely see that's not him doing the stunt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it totally kind of takes you out. And it just, it kind of ruined the, the fun of that one. Um, because he just seemed he just seemed like it was just one one movie too many, um, which is what I'm worried about for Harrison Ford. But that's another thing. Um, <laughs> so, um, but man, I mean, Roger Moore was was the best. I mean, he was so much fun, and all those movies. And what's great is that all those movies are around, and he played he played James Bond more than anybody else. Like he actually had the most movies. Um, no, really. Yeah, so I mean, he is. I mean, I I think legitimately he could claim like he is the quintessential James Bond. I mean, just because he encapsulated all the things that we all kind of know of James Bond. I mean, now Daniel Craig has made it a lot more serious. He doesn't. Uh, he's all droopy and conflicted and, and tortured, um, which you know is a different take on the whole thing. But and actually I think that's the problem with the James Bond movies now is that they they've run out of ways to go with it. It's the same formula. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. Oh, I think Casino Royale was fun. great. That was great. Casino Royale that was, was great. great. And then and then that the next ones just felt like they didn't even feel like James Bond anymore. It felt like just generic spy movie. And yeah, yeah I think you're right. A, a change in Tone is what's needed to and keep those they going. Gotta, and they got to have better titles because the latest <laughs> titles have been terrible. Quantum of Solace is probably the worst James Bond title. <laughs> Did you ever I, see that video? The music video? No. It might even be the worst title of any movie ever. It might even be not just James Bond movies. That's a terrible title for a movie, period. Um, I'm going to have to find the Quantum of Solace joke song and oh, post yeah, that because yeah, post it, it is so funny. I think it was I think it was done by Joe Cornish, a British uh, uh, oh, screenwriter. That. Yeah. Mm. So that's uh, Roger Moore. You posted a really touching thing that, uh, from somebody who had seen Roger Moore as a kid. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That story, yeah, it's a great story. Yeah, that was. That was I, a I don't great do story. it. I don't. I wouldn't do it justice by telling it. And it's it's nicely written. And it was it was on Twitter. Somebody had put it on there. It was a personal story of theirs. You can find it online anywhere. Just put in Roger Moore, sad story tribute, and it, it's <laughs> gone viral. It's it's all over the place. I've seen it in like three different uh, places, like people just sharing it around so it's on a lot of websites and stuff so um it's very sweet very nice um and he did a lot of work uh for unicef and i mean he was a he was a decent guy from what i'm reading all about and and he didn't really do a whole lot after james bond i mean he did some voiceover stuff and you know, other things uh tv stuff once in a while but uh you know he, why do you need to when you when you leave behind a legacy like that? There's really no mm-hmm. you don't really have to you know come out with the next thing you know and and so you know good for him you know he he left a mark and you know those movies are there to enjoy you know for as long as you know our media holds together um, <laughs> as long as we can still reference things in the past. Um, we'll be able I I was gonna say forever. 
but probably not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it's nice. I mean, it's, it's cool that we can go back and look at those. Now you can go back and look at them, uh, because you didn't really get the full Roger Moore. It sounds like you yeah. kind of skipped no. a little bit. Yeah, I kind of um, skipped over his stuff. Spy Who Loved Me is really good. Yeah, you know, all of them are, are good in their own way. Um, Man with the Golden Gun. What else is there? Live and Let Die. Oh, Live and Let Die is really good, too. And it's got the best theme song, too. That's like the best oh, yeah. Bond, Bond theme song. And then... Uh, I know the song. The other ones. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, it just... Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Anyway, that's James Bond. And here, here again, this is where I start getting all sad again, because it's like... Roger Moore, James Bond... Passes away, he's done. Then you start thinking about, okay, who else is in that age range? You know, because he was like 89. Um, mm-hmm. Like William Shatner, he's like almost that old. So, oh, I mean, yeah. we're going to start losing, you know what I mean? We're going to lose all these people. We're going to lose Lee Majors. We're going to lose, you know, uh, William Shatner. We're going to lose all these guys that we grew up with who are now getting into their like late 80s. Yeah. They're gonna be going like one by one. Like it's just it's, it's so depressing. Like to think about that. It's like, oh, what a drag. You know, anybody who was pretty much a star in the '60s, you know, any kind of thing going on in the '60s, they're they're not gonna be around for like maybe another five years. Maybe um, Sean yeah. Connery. You know. Um, You know, it's like, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a drag, man, when they all start going. Oh, jeez. There we go again. Yeah, Sean Connery is only uh, three years younger. Really? And, uh, Roger Moore was. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, all these all these folks. Um, wow, there's a lot of, there's a lot of news. A lot of news. Um, you posted uh, the thing today about the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Yeah, which, and that uh, looks super cool. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't really planning on ever going to California for the Disney thing because we used to go to Florida, but um, I want to see that. I mean, I I just want to walk through it. I want to see the collector's room. That looks amazing. Seeing that animatronic rocket that talks to you before the I ride. No, that, that looks amazing. That looks amazing. The yeah, ride actually looks really like good. it makes sense as opposed to, I'm sorry, Tower of Terror lovers, but it actually looks like this ride makes a little bit of sense of, for what's going on. <laughs> yeah, with the yeah with the, the actual ride itself, the ride mechanics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. I it mean, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. And then on the thing that you posted right underneath it, because it was just a short little thing, Right under yeah, yeah, it wasn't the full ride. If you feel like you're well, going to get spoiled or something, it's it's not the whole thing. So you can. Well, here's the thing: if you look at the video right below it, it's actually released by Disney. Right underneath it is like a tour of the whole ride. Oh, <laughs> they I, show I the, actually watch that. Yeah, they show the they show the video. They show everything, and uh, and they actually like you know walk you through the ride. The thing that was weird is that, you know, on these rides, you always have some uh, Disney Park employees playing character types uh, that are that fit into the ride that, you know, help you, like, get to your seat or give you, like, oh, yeah. you know, things or whatever. And they're yeah. very, like, they this is, like, top of the line. Like, these people are, like... They're in California for pilot season. These are actors, you know, that are like, this is their day job, and they take it very seriously, and they really play it up, and everybody, you know, seems to be really into it. When you watch this YouTube video, which is the first time that they've really shown this ride to anybody. Like, it's obviously for, like, the press and stuff, because everybody's got their, you can see everyone's got their uh, lanyards and, and, you know, their cameras and everything. Um and you know they're they're being walked through the ride by the guy who created it. And when it gets to the points where like a Disney employee comes out to like you know move the ride along and and to show like how the experience is going to be, 
these guys yeah. are terrible. Like they don't, they don't seem <laughs> to give a shit about being there. Like it's like, it's like really, what are like they? your first one, like they, 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 they know like? they're dressed like the collector kind of. Like, you know, kind of that kind of look, you know, because supposedly it's supposed to be like a VIP tour of the collector's room. That's the story is a you are yeah. VIP person being allowed to view his collection. And so you're on a tour of his collection. And in the middle of that, Rocket pops up and he's like, hey, what's going on? You know, and he's like, you guys are going to help me. And uh, yeah. so it's kind of like a prison break. And you are involved in the prison break because you're giving him uh, access to the ride whenever he needs it. So, like, he'll yeah. actually say, okay, everybody raise your hand, and then it makes the lights go green, and you get to go to the next room. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but the employees were terrible. Absolutely terrible. Really? Like, just, like, just not even, not even good. It's like, really? So this is the first time you're going to show it to anybody, and then you pick these two? Like, these are the guys? Like, these were on the top <laughs> of your list of, like, anyway. Maybe when you see the round, maybe they'll have better people working there. But it took it, it definitely took me out of it. Um, Weird. But, uh, um, you think they would have made the, the ride people like those pink people? Yeah, they're, they're, they're in that, the, yeah. They're in the video. Uh, so you do see some of those in the video. Um, but yeah, so that was that looks super cool though. That was a good that was a good posting you put on there because it was it was pretty sweet. Um, we just saw the uh, the final Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. Two of them. There's two of them. Yeah. And then they're local. They're completely, different. They're completely, completely different. They're completely different. Different. And man, they are they are awesome. Almost showing Please, too much. I mean, yeah. Well, the domestic one shows like the teenagery, like humor. You know, Peter yeah. Parker's a kid type side, and uh, international is more of the, I guess, vulture or meat of, meat of the story. Or yeah, it's like vultures. A lot of the uh, vulture stuff, which I, I was kind of sorry yeah. that I, I watched that one because I was like, oh, this kind of gave away maybe a little bit more than I wanted to know, but. Yeah, freaking still is pretty cool. I mean, oh, yeah, really cool. I mean, just really fun. And I've already seen um, people already bashing uh, online. People bashing the movie before it even comes out, just by seeing that trailer of like things that they think they're doing wrong and all this. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, really? You think they're doing it wrong? <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's too much tech in his suit and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, why is Tony Stark have to be such a big part of it and everything? And it's like, okay, all you guys have done is complain about the fact that Spider-Man was not allowed to interact with any of the Avengers or any of the other Marvel Universe characters, the MCU. And then finally, we get him into the MCU and then you complain about him interacting with the MCU characters. It's, it's like, what are you doing? That's exactly uh, yeah. what we wanted. We all talked about this. If you wanted him to be by himself, then then why didn't you like the Sony things? Because those were all by himself. You know, it's like now yeah. he's with everybody. That's the fun of it, is that he is going to be connecting with everybody. I think they're showing Tony Stark so heavily in all the marketing is because they want to stand out. They want people to understand that this is related to the Avengers and it's not it's not like the other ones. Right. So he's, he's, he's yeah. probably not even in it much more than what we see in the trailers. All right, I think that's probably going to be about it. That's what I think. I mean, it might be, I, it, there might be a little bit more, but... I don't think so. I think that, I think you're right. I think the, the scenes that we've seen, which we've seen like maybe in those trailers, they've probably shown like four or five different shots of Tony Stark, Iron Man uh, in things. I think that's probably pretty much it. Like, I think we're pretty much seeing like a second or two of every scene that he's in. And then he's yeah. not going to be in the rest of the movie. Um, yeah. Because it looks like from the trailer, it looks like once... Uh, 
Spider-Man screws up and uh, Tony takes his suit back and he has to wear his own homemade suit again. Um, that that looks like the majority of the movie. That's I mean that's what yeah. it looks like to to me. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I agree. But whatever, you know, it's 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 going to be a lot of fun and it's coming out soon. It's in July, so we're you know we're less than no well, just over a month maybe um, before that comes out. So I think uh, I think that's going to be cool. Yeah. Um, and then oh, there was another thing. People who saw that. Uh, Disneyland tease with the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy thing. In the prop room, people got photos of Beta Ray Bill's hammer. Oh, really? And and, uh, something from uh, Atlantis. Which uh, which makes yeah, which people, people think that either Namor or Beta Ray Bill might have a future coming up, um, which would make sense because Beta Ray Bill might show up. I would think that he might have a cameo in Ragnarok, or at least like yeah. a, at least a, uh, put him, at least like a little uh, after credits thing or something. Um, right. Well, I mean, they could totally set him up. They could set up his character. Oh yeah, I don't think they're not going to give him. You know, Odin's not going to give him a hammer to become a Thor, but they could at least set up that character of the weird horse-looking guy. Yeah, and a couple of days ago, interestingly enough, Stan Lee was talking uh, at some press thing, and he was talking about Infinity War and how excited he was for it and how great it's going to be. And he said one thing that people are going to really like is that there's a very popular fan character that's going to be making their first appearance in Infinity War. And as soon as he said that, like, his handler, like, shut him up. Like, was like, oh, okay, you probably shouldn't, you probably shouldn't say anymore because he's getting older now and he's letting stuff just kind of slip up. And they're like, whoa, that's what they, they hit him with a tranquilizer dart from across the room. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so, so then that got everybody speculating, like, like, oh, who is he talking about? Like, who would be like a fan favorite that has not shown up yet that could fit into the world of Infinity War? And mm-hmm. one that they didn't even mention was Beta Ray Bill. I didn't even think of that one. I was like, hmm. oh, that's that would be he's a fan favorite, and he would yeah. fit in with the Infinity War. Um. They were saying Namor. I don't know how that a, that a great Namor. Would, yeah, I don't know how great he would be in space. He's yeah. <laughs> he, he does well in water. I don't know if he does yeah. great on a satellite. Um, so I don't really understand the point of him being in there. Um, other people speculated that it could be the Beast because of the whole uh, sharing oh, with the X-Men because thing. He's technically an Avenger. He is an Avenger and yeah. an X-Man. And they did the same thing with Quicksilver and uh, Scarlet Witch. So yeah. it's possible they might do that again, where he could like show up in one thing. So maybe he might, maybe he might be one of the, he might be the guy that he's talking about. Um, I don't know. I think I think I think my money's on Beta Ray Bill now. I would have I would have not said that before, but now I now I'm thinking about it. I'm like I think he would be he would totally fit in. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. He would be he would be somebody who would actually be able to help. <laughs> Whereas yeah. I don't know what the I don't know what the beast could do. Um, and he could hang on. Really things. Yeah, and, and be and read, be and read stuff. Yeah, read stuff um, upside down. <laughs> That's, that would be his big thing: is reading things upside down, um, <laughs> wearing glasses. Uh, but uh, but um, yeah, I mean, you got to think about who who can actually help with this Infinity War situation, and and uh, Bill can do it. He could help out. Yeah, he's he's pretty powerful. Um, 
Yeah. And his, his backstory is so convoluted that there's really no point in even trying to explain that. But they might be able to figure it out in a, in a fun way for, uh, for the MCU. So, I mean, all they have to do is, is put him in somewhere in the arena with Thor in Ragnarok, a guy that he meets that is a, an ally, and he doesn't die. <laughs> and then, yeah, at a, in a credit, you know, after credits tag, we see Odin bestow power upon him. I mean, it, it, it doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. That's true. You just did it. You just figured it out. I just exactly figured it out. Gonna be. There it is. All done. <laughs> uh, what else do we got? We got, uh, oh, they're saying now that uh, Carrie Fisher did have a much larger point part in episode nine and that it's going to be a massive change. Because before um, they were saying that they had pretty much gotten all the stuff that they needed for her to like finish her story, now yeah. somebody else has come out saying, no, that's not the case. They actually had, just like Luke was going to be the uh, center of, Han was the episode, of, was the center of episode seven, Luke is going to be the center of episode eight, and that episode nine was going to be Leia's movie, like it was going to be, she oh. was going to be the focus. Um, no. So that stinks, because now that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be, still be interesting to see. And they released their first pictures of uh, Benicio Del Toro in The Last Jedi. Oh yeah, doesn't he kind of like, like he's homeless? <laughs> kind of looks like he's homeless. He actually kind of has a uh, Han Solo kind of look to him. Like he kind of kind of looks like a smuggler type guy, scruffy looking. Yeah, yeah nerf herder. <laughs> um, there's a crazy picture of like a a party. Wow, look at those things. Um, you can look all these up <laughs> online. Um, it's from Vanity Fair, I guess. Um, wow, it's crazy looking creatures. Um, there's a great picture. I didn't, I didn't uh, look at all those. I guess I just saw a great a picture of, of. There's a great picture of picture of Luke and Leia together, kind of in an embrace. Oh, it's, yeah, for, it's, it's for the Annie Leibovitz, you know, thing. But it's a great picture. That's really sad. Oh man, that really bums me out. Because that would have been that would have been really cool to have her have her own movie. She deserved it. She went through a lot in those other movies and didn't really get to get all the glory from it. Um, then people have been leaking stuff about the Inhumans. I'm not terribly excited about that anymore. Um, yeah, I saw the the Lockjaw. Did you see that? There's like yeah. a little clip of Lockjaw trend, teleporting into somewhere with the. Uh, Black Bolt, and it looked kind of silly, cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's not fair, because, I mean, they're still probably perfecting the, the visual effects shots of it. I would imagine yeah. that the visual effects are going to be pretty good for the first uh, episodes, because those are the ones that are going to be in IMAX, that you're going to see on yeah. IMAX. And there's no way that they can have, like, half-ass effects if you're going <laughs> to see it on a screen that big. It's going to be, yeah. like awful. It would be like watching a TV show on an IMAX screen. That'd be terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, I can mean. only imagine that the, the effects are going to be very, very good. Um, otherwise, what's the point? Why would they even do it? Um, right. So, we'll see. We'll see how that plays yeah. out. I don't know. What I'm hoping is by doing it this way, by actually having a movie that gets paid for by people... <laughs> that that's going to pay for the bulk of the of the effects development. And then once they have those effects made, it's going to be super cheap to use them on television. So they kind of they create that teleport thing with Lockjaw, and then they can use that for a you know, much ah. less cost down the road. I didn't even think of that. I'm hoping that's, that's, idea. Uh, I'm hoping that's how, how they structured this from a business point of view. Because I know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kept running into problems of Ghost Rider 
you only get to see Ghost Rider for mere seconds at a time because his effects are just way too expensive. Yeah. And they look better. They uh, They look better than all the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the the last episode with him, the last episode of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he does a sort of a portal thing, and it looks exactly the same as Doctor Strange. Like the, you know, when Doctor Strange creates a portal with the sling ring. Oh, yeah. So I'm wondering if they just if they just were able to borrow that effect, and you know, of course, for for continuity of, of you know the Marvel universe, it makes sense that it looks the same. But I'm wondering if that was even a cost saving, saying, "Hey, we can just recycle this effect." You know, we already have it in the computer, so that's uh, let's just put it on and use it here. Yeah, I don't know why they couldn't. It's theirs. It's all the same. Yeah. Huh. Well, that is that is very interesting. I didn't watch the last episode of Agents of Shield. I was waiting for it to get done, and then I figured I'd just kind of watch it all at once. Um, but there's so many other shows on. I, I can't even. Did you uh, did you ever watch Twin Peaks? No, I didn't. That was a little before my time. That's, yeah, I, I realized that, but I thought that might be something you might have gotten into like after the fact. Um, I've always been that. curious. I've always wanted to watch it, but I, I think what you have to be subscribed to like Showtime now to see it. It's not anywhere to to watch unless you buy it. So I probably won't be right. watching it for a while. Um, well, I did. I did watch it, um, and I don't have Showtime, but I was able to find it. Oh, I won't. I won't Arr, say where. Matey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just popped up on my. It just popped up on my phone. I don't even know where it came from. Um, so I just, I was like, oh, hey, where'd this come from? And I, you know, started watching it and I'm like, who I should probably be watching this. I don't think this is right. Um, but I don't know how to shut it off. I have no idea. I couldn't find the button to hit the pause or whatever. And anyway, it just played all the way through all two hours. And I'm like, well, since it's on, I might as well watch it. Um, which I did. Um, I was a huge <laughs> Twin Peaks fan when it was on uh, in the early 90s. And it was the first show, pretty much first show I can recall, that really had that what the hell is going on kind of feel to it. Like where you were always like talking about it and you'd be like, you know, mm-hmm. what do you think that means? What is that? And what is that? The, the same thing that happened like with Lost. Um, oh, yeah. It was kind of the first show to do something like that. Um, and it was very, uh, soap opera like in that, you know, the continuity was straight through. Mind you, that wasn't going on in very many shows. Like there, that wasn't a thing was that, that thing of watching a 12 hour movie, you know, over the course of, you know, six months, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a relatively new thing. And that wasn't going on when they did this. And so you really had to watch every week and you had to follow along and there was all kinds of clues and all kinds of puzzles. And the whole thing was, you know, the first episode, uh, Laura Palmer, uh, beautiful, uh, homecoming queen is found murdered. And, the whole thing is who killed Laura Palmer. Like that's that was like the 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 tag and the hook, and it was a mystery, and you, and you were trying to find out what it was. And there was all these strange and quirky characters and all this kind of stuff, and and could be very disturbing at times. And it was David Lynch, you know, and David Lynch has done some really disturbing, cool things, but um, yeah. it was it was out there, totally out there. Um, the way it ended, the season finale of, of the final, you know, the final show, um, it was a thing where uh, it got canceled. Um, um, they, didn't, they didn't give them a lot of notice that it was going to be canceled. And so kind of an FU to the network and to make sure that they couldn't do anything with it without him. He put every single major character in jeopardy or looked like they were dead. <laughs> and that was the last episode. And we were all left just going, what? What happened? 
and then never ever finding out. Um, so what's kind of cool about this, this thing coming back, even though they haven't answered, and this is the first episode, they haven't answered all the questions of what happened to everybody. They do, they are starting to answer some of those things. So it was exciting to see that again. And I have to be honest, watching it, I started getting all kind of excited again. Like, you know, I remembered like how excited I would get about the show. And it's really disturbing. And it's really, really strange. But um, I'm digging it. I am. I'm totally digging it. I, and, and actually, I had, I had a nightmare about the show. I think the day or two <laughs> after. I, I don't remember the last time I had a nightmare about a television show. And this actually crept into my nightmares. Like I woke up and I was wow. like, "Whoa, that's scary." Um. So yeah. So well done, Doug Lynch. You actually. <laughs> made me start having nightmares. Scared a grown man. I know. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, but it's good. Um, and I mean all the all the shows I talk about every week are still really good. Fargo, Better Call Saul. Man, all these shows they're so good. Silicon Valley. Oh, so great. I mean, really, we really just. I mean, this is I think the golden age of television. I mean, it's just. Oh. I can't think of a time that TV has been this good. I know. I know. I mean, it's Incredible. just, it's where all the stories are right now. Yeah. Yeah, all the all the good stuff is happening there. And movies, you know, they're just kind of getting stuck to the the tentpole things. You know, the big, mm-hmm. the big, big movies are the only things that are pulling people into the theater again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they keep trying to entice everybody with these easy chairs and, and, you know, full dinner menus and, you know, drinks and all this kind of stuff. It's not enough. It's not enough. That's not gonna, that's not gonna pull people out of their houses. Everybody is so used to watching, binge watching a 12 hour show. Yeah. They watch it at home. You know, they watch it while they're doing laundry. They watch it, you know, while they're eating dinner, you know, whatever. You know, it's like that model is just not working anymore. Um, the event of going to a movie is so cost prohibitive for most people. Um, yeah. That unless, yeah, unless you're seeing something like a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie or something that, you know, is big like that, you're not going to spend $45 to go see the no. new Amy Schumer movie. You know, I mean, right. she's great. Right. But you're not, but there's no reason for you to go see that in the theater. You can just wait for it to come out on DVD or come out on on demand or whatever. And the whole idea of like going to the theater, I just, I, I, I would, if I was in that business, I would be worried because easily in the next five years, I think we're going to start seeing movie theaters actually close the same way that we've seen department stores close and, Hmm. you know, storefronts close up. I think we're going to start seeing movie theaters start doing that because they've been doubling down and this is big money that they have to almost all, most theaters at this point have switched over to digital projection. There's very few like actual, film being shown in a projector anymore. It's probably 90% is is digital now, you know, where it's just yeah. completely switched over. They eliminated the job of the projectionist, which had been around for ages. Um, yeah. And now it's all automated. It, it looks like you go up into one of these things and it looks like uh, it's a computer screen and it just shows... It just shows what movie is playing, when it's going to stop, when it's going to start. It's got the trailers already loaded on there. They send it all via a flash drive. They don't even they don't even send film prints anymore. Like there is no more film print. No. Like you don't right. like those used to actually be shipped. Like you know to the theater, they had to thread them, the whole thing. And yeah. now it's, it's it's literally on a flash drive. They plug it in. They plug in the trailers. Boom, 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 boom. And it just plays by itself. And there's just somebody up there just kind of monitoring it once in a while to make sure that everything's going okay and, and that the screen is lined up, you know, correctly. Um, 
But that's it. You know, that's, that's all there is. And it's very expensive. Very expensive for the theaters to convert over to digital. And it's killing these theaters. Like, I mean, like they, I mean, they have to pony up all this money to do this. And then if people don't go, if people don't start coming to the movies, that, them, they're going to go out. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to go out of business. And well, that's why you gonna, see all of the, the, uh, like the fathom events where people do, you know, you can go see the, the opera <clears throat> or, you know, I think there's been like U2 concerts or, uh, you know, special event things like that. Like, yeah. like even Doctor Who has had, you know, special key episodes where you can go to the theater and watch it there. And, um, it's just, uh, to keep their, their screens running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so people yeah, are absolutely paying. Or, I mean, I've even seen like, you know, churches had, uh, on Sunday mornings are renting out movie theaters now just to probably just to get, you know, some money coming in the doors. Yeah, they need revenue. And, and the whole thing with the concessions, that's where they make all their money. They don't make any money from the movie theater or from the movie. Yeah. I mean, they, they make just such a small, small percentage of that. And they don't make anything. For like the first like four weeks, like the first four weeks of a movie, they all go uh, straight to the studio. Like, I mean, the theater makes just a pittance of money, um, but they make all their money on the concessions. And of course, everybody, you know, complains about how expensive it is and everything. That's how, that's the only way they make money. Um, yeah. So, you know, when you bring in food and drink and stuff like that, you know, on your own, which we've all done it, 100% done it. Um, I mean, that's, that's where they're losing money. That's where yeah. you are taking money. That's worse than you sneaking into the movie. Sneaking into the movie, they don't lose any money. <laughs> sneaking into the movie yeah. and sneaking in your own food and drinks, yet yeah, you are like exactly the opposite of what they want. <laughs> you, are, you are not spending any money and you're taking up a seat. Um, I'm not saying you should sneak into a movie ever, um, but if you do sneak into a movie, <laughs> go and buy a bunch of food. Yeah, <laughs> just buy popcorn and, and pop. Yeah, and... Buy, yeah, just buy as much of that stuff as it, and they won't even look at you twice because they'll be like, oh my God, this is where we're making money. This dude's, you know, blowing $14. That's, that's more than what we would make on the ticket. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's my tip if you're going to sneak into a movie. Um, take away a little, take a little suspicion away, and just you know, maybe that's overcompensated. Maybe don't spend that much. Maybe find a happy medium. Most people don't spend twenty five dollars for snacks, and then that what's the point of even sneaking into the movie at that point? Spending twenty five dollars on snacks, you might as well just bought a ticket for crying out loud, and then not bought anything, and you still would have got off cheaper. It's not foolproof. All right, that's all I'm saying. No, your plan uh, needs work. I'm not a criminal mastermind. Nobody's <laughs> ever said that. Um, how about this? Just don't sneak into movies, and when you do go to the movies, buy something. Buy a drink. How about that? Um, not that it's really going to matter, because I think they're still going to go out of business anyway. <laughs> because, I think we'll just have... All these seats. We'll have fewer, more specialized... I mean, I, I'd like to get something like an Alamo draft house around here. Like that would be, um, that would be a lot of fun just to have one of those. Oh yeah. (laughs) This is going to lead me into the next thing to talk about. I went and saw alien covenant and, Oh uh, yes. Um, first of all, I'm going to talk about the atmosphere of the film of the movie theater I was in. And this is another reason why people hate going to the movie theaters because of what, uh, I listened to the podcast, um, you hate movies and they refer to these people as knuckleheads. I, we went on a Friday night, the Friday night of the opening of the movie. Yeah. After nine, after 9 PM, I figured we'd be pretty safe from knuckleheads. I figured the people that are here, are here to see the movie. They, you know, make a commitment to pay the extra money at night. 
um, it's opening weekend, so it's not you know it's not just people wandering in going oh what's this movie you know they they're there for a reason. Yeah. Well, lo and lo and behold, these people come in with like a four year old. Oh my god. And you know I've I've been in enough movies now where people bring in children to rated our films that you know I figure you know. These people aren't parents of the year, um, but this is their choice. And as long as the kid is quiet, I, you know, I can't really say anything. You, you, right. you try to go up and, and talk to these people, and it just becomes a confrontation that you're not going to win. You know, well, you can't yeah, tell me how to raise my kid. Yeah, and blah blah blah. And it's like, you know, yeah. whatever. I don't care if you want to scar no. your kid for life. You want to give that, you know, you want them to see this alien creature ripping through people and, you know, they're going to be up at night with you, not with me. So that's, that's your own, that's your own deal. So the movie's unfolding before our eyes and it's, it's a definite loud, quiet movie where there's just, there's times where there's nothing happening sound wise, you know, yeah. to build up tension and then there's lots of loud noises. So everything is fine during the lots of loud noises part. Yeah. Whenever the movie gets quiet, yeah. you start hearing cartoon sounds. Boings oh. and bings. And they've got their kid on an iPad or some sort of tablet without headphones. What? Just, just playing it in the theater. Oh, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay, I can, I can block it out. I'm trying to pay attention to the movie. I can block it out. But then the kid starts turning on the device's flashlight. What? <laughs> and shining it around the theater. And this is towards oh the end of the movie. Oh, God. And I'm just, I, I don't even know what to do by this point. I'm, I'm, just, yeah, I'm just trying to ignore it. That's the only thing I can do. Because I'm not going to oh. get up and leave the movie. But, I, I mean, seriously? I, I just, I... You know, I've uh, got three kids, and I've had kids when they were little. And yeah. if I wanted to see a rated R movie, I would not see it. I would, right? I, I would not. I would not bring them to the theater. <laughs> what we, what I just we can't do, what even do, imagine yeah. doing that. <laughs> but what we would do is we would we would go to the drive-in. That was that oh, was yeah. our way of Hundreds, being able to go yeah, absolutely see, go see. That's how we would see first run movies when yep. my son was was uh, was little. Is that we would exactly. just go to the drive-in because then that way yep. he could cry, he could do whatever he wanted, and he wasn't bothering anybody. And right. I yep. was able to see the new Anchorman, or I was able to see the new Spider-Man, or whatever, because he was too young. I knew that. I knew he was too young to take to the theater. And there was a couple of times where I made the mistake of thinking, okay, I'm going to take him to like a matinee. The movie's been out for like over a week. Um, I can safely bring him in there. He'll probably fall asleep anyway. And nobody will know that even, you know, that he's even there. You know, like he'll, you know, he'll be mostly quiet. Um, yeah. I remember doing that for, Spider-Man 2, and I brought him in there, and he was great. He had no problems. Like, everything was good. And then it got to the point where Dr. Octopus's arms go crazy and start, like, oh, yeah, the, attacking the everybody. Yeah, the Evil Dead sequence. And they started yeah. attacking everybody, and he lost it. Like, completely lost it, and I couldn't calm him down, and I just had to leave. I had to get up and walk out. And... Yeah. That's Which is a responsible thing to money. do. Yeah, that's my <laughs> fault. I should not have taken him to that movie at his age and yeah. thought that he was going to be cool with it. Um, you probably and, shouldn't have left uh, him in the theater, though, when you left. Yeah, I probably should have taken him with me. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good... Yeah, that was... <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, that probably wasn't the best. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's true. Huh. <laughs> yeah, boy. But anyway, yeah, I was just—I was—I was beside myself. I just didn't. Oh, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. 
I cannot deal with people talking. I can't deal with people like eating, like, like really close to me. Like, I don't know how <laughs> these people eat. Like, I don't understand it. But like, how, how can you be so loud eating a bag of popcorn? Like, how can you <laughs> possibly be more loud? Whose idea was it to put popcorn into those bags that people have to literally shake every 15 seconds? <laughs> and then they stick the hand in there, and then they, I mean, it's like, oh, my God. Like, there's been times where I thought I was going to lose my mind. Like, I think, like, that's when I think that maybe I might have, like, some, like, minor OCD or something. Mm-hmm. is when something like that like just gets in my head to the point where I feel like I may become like a serial killer. Like I may lose my <laughs> mind completely because all I can hear is the crunching and the shaking and it's just, oh my God. It just, I mean, and I love going to the movies. I love going to the theater. I always have loved going to the theater. And yeah, me too. But people are so rude now. I mean, they just they yeah. talk and they pull out their phones and as soon as they turn on their phone, like there's like this bright light that, you know, shows up, you know, wherever yeah. they are, you know, and they think that they're being like all, you know, covert about it, you know, and like keeping it low and, you know, whatever. So no, you can still see it. It's a, it's a dark theater. It's a dark yeah. theater. And the only other light is on the screen in front. So when you turn anything on, it's immediately visible, you know, and it's yeah. like, that's fine, you know, if you're like worried, you know, for an emergency or something, you want to, you know, just kind of check and make sure nobody texted you or whatever, that's fine. I get that. I understand that. And mm-hmm. I will give you that. You can have that moment where you open up your phone and and see that nothing bad has happened, okay? But when you open up your phone and then you start like, playing with it and doing stuff with it and doing messaging and and there was one time where I looked over and the guy was watching like YouTube videos and I just wanted during the movie yes I just wanted to kill him like like I seriously wanted to physically kill him like I was so mad and I could just feel my face just boil I was just like oh I'm just gonna kill you um, <laughs> but I mean, seriously, like, why? Why would you do that? You know, and knuckleheads, just knuckleheads. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's even more than knuckleheads. It's just they are just so completely oblivious to anybody around them that it's just them. And yeah. uh, that's that's just a that's a rule now with society. Period. Like everybody's just so focused on themselves that nobody even had any idea what's going on around them you know it's like what 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 happened to like people like you know being nice to each other and like being cordial and you know whatever it's just because we're we're all face down in our phone 80 percent of the time you know and and we've just learned to not talk to people and make eye contact with people and it's uh man we talked about this before this is bad news man bad news for the human race we are we are really in trouble. Somebody's got to get back to you know doing something. That I don't know. We got to temper this. We're out of control. We just need to stop every once in a while. I mean, we just need to take a break from everything and just not be on a device. Not look, you know, just look at each other. Just stand and. You know, wherever you're at. I wrote a whole blog post about this actually on the site. Want to see it? I mean, it's just we need to we need to just take a break and just acknowledge each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's gotten and this is right. I mean, it's just and we're, and we're and we're talking about this and we're talking about this on a podcast about uh, TV shows and movies and uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but hey. It's kind of hypocritical, We're but it's too. fine. We're humans. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we talk about stuff that, you know, a lot of these things that are important to us now, that we enjoy now, they started from reading and yeah. reading comic books and reading books and, and, and that kind of thing. So, I mean, 
as much as the you know, media has changed over the years and, and what you know what's popular and what isn't, um, kids don't read nearly as much as they used to. Now they you know get all their media from movies and videos and and that's fine. I mean that's that's where it comes from now, and I get that. <laughs> kids don't read comic books anymore. I get yeah. that. I, under, I understand. Um, <laughs> I just I'm, I th- I think of the line from Back to the Future Two when uh, Marty comes home and he's talking to Marty Junior and he goes, "Oh hey, watching TV for a change." <laughs> I think I've actually said that. <laughs> like, oh hey, you guys watching TV for once? That's that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's good. You're not on a lab device or playing a video game. You're actually watching TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah, that's yeah. Anyway, but that's but that's why movie theaters are going to die. That's why it's going to yeah. happen. The only way they're going to be able to stop like this whole thing of like is they're going to have to be like militarily like strict on movie theaters. Oh, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, it's like, like Alamo Draft House. That's actually what exactly hold down this whole. Yep, thing. you know something that it's for people who like to see movies and they come there to see a movie. And it, you know, it's a it's a great experience for movie lovers. And yeah, uh, we we need something like that here. Maybe we should start. It. Maybe we should open a movie theater because that'll lose money. Don't seriously <laughs> lose money. That's worse than like opening a bar. It's like, it's like probably such a big money losing situation right now. Um, but if we were to come up with something where we could have like round the clock like guards that like could like it'd be cool if you could just like block people's phones. Well no, if yeah. there's an emergency then how do you how do you do that? Um yeah, that'd be bad. Because you block everybody's phones and then something happens where like some gunman comes in there or whatever and there's no way to like call nine one one and that <laughs> now that would be good. Um, could only call, I, I bet you could block them so they can only call nine one one. There's gotta be a way. Maybe there's a way that you can just like, like single out like certain phones. Like, like you could actually like pinpoint like with the seat number. Like maybe there'd be like some kind of like grid, and so you could yeah. be like up above, and you'd have like you know the cameras and everything, and you'd see somebody like open up their phone, and you could like yeah. target that one seat, and so you just like maybe. hit a button, and it just like poof, just shuts their phone down, or like a big message comes up on their phone saying. Shut it off, jerk, or whatever. Maybe they show up on the screen. Maybe there's like a side screen where there's like public shaming happening that that happens. That would be kind of (laughs) cool. Candy Crush. Everybody makes fun of them. But then that that ruins the movie. Well, what if? But what if the movie pauses? The movie actually stops, and everybody has to look at that guy or girl. Yeah, some people find that fun. Public shaming fest. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, some people wouldn't who, care. Who, They'd be like, man, yeah. whatever. I don't care. Um, and then they're ejected. Maybe you know, every seat has like an ejection button. They get fired out of the theater. I was okay, thinking maybe just crazy. like, yeah, I know. <laughs> a mild shock, maybe just like a little jolt. Nah, somebody yeah. might get into that too. I think the best thing would just be that. <laughs> It just literally just shuts their phone off like uh, like a bait car. Like it just like you just you just hit the button and it's just, just like boom, and their phone yeah and their phone just goes off. Um, yeah, which that be that be enough, you know? Because they would just be like, oh no, um, <laughs> no. There's no getting around it. Like people are rude and that's the way it is, and, and they're gonna ruin uh, your theater going experience every time, every chance they can get. Yeah. So uh, don't do that, people. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Don't ruin movies for yeah. people. So one last thing no. we got. We should wrap this up. I, you're going to yeah, see gotta, Alien Covenant, and we're going to talk about it. So we'll do that yeah. later. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Yeah. I don't know. I think Wonder Woman comes out before too long here, so I'll probably be seeing that next. But um, maybe when it comes out on... Uh, on demand or something, maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. I don't know if I'd even, I'd even 
consider going to the theater for that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, this is it. Demons from Hell podcast. You have Dennis the Office Cobra on yep. YouTube. Yep. And you can find me at uh, Wugman Max on, uh, I don't know, Facebook and Instagram and whatever else. And I've got the Dennis the Office Cobra Facebook page. You can leave messages for me there. Um, then we have the website, 10mfh.com. Leave stuff there. Any you want. Any of those places. And we'll write you back. Write us. Please write us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and leave reviews uh, on uh, iTunes. Yep. That's helpful. It's fun. All right. Yep. Well, that's all I got. We'll uh, see you next time. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye.